On the phone with me right now is Sharon Babineau. Sharon is a fellow speaker. She's a fundraiser. She's author of The Girl Who Gave Her Wish Away. And Sharon and I off air were just talking about relieving stress with mindfulness. And uh, Sharon is an amazing coach. She has a, she's the creator of the website MindfulSolutionsForChange.com. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk to Sharon. Sharon, thank you, first of all, for joining the show. Thank you for having me. And I love this quote. You have uh, Dan Harris. He's a correspondent for uh, ABC News. He says, the ability to see what's going on in your head at any given moment without reacting to it blindly, often called mindfulness, is a superpower. So can you explain that to us, please? Yes, I can. And if you have a chance, you should watch that video. It's really quite funny. So the problem that we have is we live most of our lives on autopilot. So we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts every day. And how many, what do you think is the percentage of how many of those thoughts we have that are the same? Uh, I'm not sure. 20%? No, 90. 90% of the thoughts that you're having today were the same thoughts that you had yesterday and the day before and the day before. So basically what this means is um, we are living our life like Groundhog Day. We are doing the same thing in that our routine drives us. So, and our routine can get us in trouble and it can um, impact our behavior, our thoughts, uh, stress, our experiences, and so this is this can be a problem when we're not aware that we're on autopilot. So you might respond uh, very negatively or yell at someone. You might get into a habit of doing this, and the more you do it, you just get better at it. And you know, we tend to in stressful moments. This is when you know the not so nice parts of us come out. But the good news is, with mindfulness, we can break these habitual habits. We can break the ones that no longer serve us, and we can keep the ones that serve us. Okay, so how often do we have to practice this, and how long per day? Give us uh, the the, the Coles notes for dummies. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like five minutes a day to start, sit quietly, and it's really as simple as, uh, and it's not emptying your mind, it's not shaving your head, it's, you know, it's not running away and putting on robes or anything. Mindfulness, it's, it's just sitting and being aware of what's going on, being familiar with yourself, becoming familiar with what thoughts come up, what responses and actions come up. So sitting quietly and not buying into every thought that you have. So you allow a thought to come up. You imagine your mind as a clear blue sky. And as a thought, you see it as a cloud, and you just allow it to just pass by. And you just practice that. You know, just like an athlete would practice anything. We have to practice the mental muscle. Practice if there's something you want to change and not respond to, you practice it. You know, athletes, same. You know, they're, they're so good at doing this. Um, so becoming aware of where your triggers are, becoming aware of... Um, responses that you make that are no longer benefiting you also allowing to take in the good you know taking in gratitude is a real powerful thing that you can do as a mindfulness technique 
Okay, so it's all about trying to break that cycle of 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts per day. A lot of the times, like Groundhog Day, we have those same thoughts every day that are almost an automatic pilot and jumping in the middle of them and going, hey, wait a second, and actually looking at them, observing them, but not reacting all cuckoo and just observing it more than reacting to it. Now, you mentioned something off air called the negativity. What was that? The negativity something. What was that? Yeah, so we have what's called, and this was so interesting when I learned it, we have what's called a negativity bias. So we remember the negative things that happen in our life um, easier and longer than we remember the positive. Everyone knows where they were, you know, during 9-11. It's, it's like seared into our long-term memory. And... If you, for example, um, went out to a restaurant and didn't like your meal, we tend to tell 10 people. You know, we love the bad stuff. And if we have a good meal, we'll tell two. And so we're, we're having this, um, we're out of balance. The, everything that's negative that happens in our lives, it, it stays with us. So it's like we have this bank account that's like on um, overdraw of, even something as minor as someone didn't say hello to you or, you know, um, someone didn't notice, you know, your new dress or something, you know, um, it's on, it's on, it's overdraw. And, and then taking in the good, the good things that are happening in our lives, we don't notice them. We don't notice them as much. They go more in the short-term memory, not in the long-term memory. So, so, you know, if I gave you a compliment or something, it literally goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, we have to work harder at um, absorbing a positive um, comment or interaction that we have. And quite honestly, we, we have more good things happen to us than negative, but we tend to remember the negative. So, so you know, we have, to work, we have to work harder at what Rickanson calls taking in the good. And another good example is if someone says something negative to you, like, for example, my wonderful husband, if he's unskillful and, and says something that, <laughs> that you know, maybe, hey, you, you know, you're gaining a few pounds or something like that. Well, he's in the doghouse for that. And, it, and he thinks he can say sorry once and get out. But the truth is, it takes five positive interactions to, to, to counter one negative. And this is the same thing in the workplace. So people don't understand that. And, and, you know, so we're having miscommunications and hard feelings, but it actually takes uh, more work and it's harder to remember the good things. And that's why when you hear about um, journal and people journal, gratitude journals and stuff like that, really, really beneficial. You know, and, it, and unfortunately for us, our species, it, it, it's longer and more work to remember the good in our lives than the negative. Well, and part of that too, I was reading the organized, uh, the organized mind. It's part of our caveman brain. I mean, tens of thousands of years ago, we had to be skeptical of absolutely everything. So we were, you know, we you ate one berry. It was the wrong berry. You could die. So we had that skepticism built in. It absolutely takes more uh, work to be positive, but we don't have to be that caveman. We don't have to be 
uh, relying on that caveman mentality. It does take more work. As the Dalai Lama says, it takes more work to be positive, but the results, the long-term results are so much better for us. So uh, I, I think that I love the fact that you put a number on it because it's true. Uh, we do absorb the negativity because we think that it's uh, a lot of times it's some sort of threat, it's some sort of fear. And when we get something positive happening to us, we go, yeah, 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 okay, okay, yeah, 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 you look great, thank you, thank you. Or especially women, we blow it off. Well, not really, okay. this, does this make me look fat? Whatever. <laughs> but I think consciously being aware of those positives, like you said, things as simple as a gratitude journal, amazing, but it changes our brain. It changes the way we react to stress. Again, I'm on the phone with uh, Sharon Babineau. She is an author, she is a coach. Uh, she is a wonderful speaker. And if you'd like to know more about mindfulness, about meditation, uh, the, the changes to your brain that mindfulness and meditation can, uh, can do, mindfulsolutionsforchange.com is the website. mindfulsolutionsforchange.com is the website. Sharon, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Judy. My pleasure.